to hear what God has to say uh, to us. And I'm going to be reading three uh, short stories that Jesus told. And if you want to follow it in your own Bibles, it's uh, Luke 15. It's quite a long reading, but they're two good stories, three good stories to, to shorten in any way. So Luke 15 um, should be on the screen as well if you want to follow the reading. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering round to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. And then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there is more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. Well, suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger son said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to feed the pigs in the fields. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, His father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what's going on? Your brother has come, he replied. 
And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead, and he's alive again. He was lost, and he is found. Oh, what a brilliant story. You just love Jesus? Yeah. Things have a way of getting lost. I don't know if you lose things occasionally. I know a couple of people who do. We have in the town the Camden Bulletin. It's a sort of little magazine that comes out every month. And in that there's Christmas cracker jokes, which I got earlier. But also they have a lost and found column. And in the December Bulletin just in case you've lost anything. There's a bangle that has been lost, a mobile phone has been lost, some house keys has been lost, two car keys, two sets of car keys. I thought of Tim, but apparently it was a BMW, so I knew it wasn't Tim. And, sorry, Tim. Thank you. You're a good man. And some gloves. The only thing that has been found this month are the gloves. <laughs> Have you ever lost anything at church? Okay. People have lost their Bibles at church. Children? Who said that? You children? Okay. <laughs> we have a lost property section in the High Street building... It is going to be cleared in the next week or so. There are coats, jumpers, umbrellas, and even a a kind of dress shirt. Yeah, that's what I thought. Who's gone out of the building without their shirt on? The Bible reading that we just read together is the New Testament's lost and found column. And in it, Jesus tells three stories of lost things. There's a lost sheep, there's a lost coin, and there's a lost son. Or actually, there's two lost sons. The lost sheep is one out of a hundred, owned by the shepherd. And people can get lost in the crowd. You can feel insignificant in the crowd, but what Jesus is saying is that he knows you by name and he comes looking for you. You will never get lost in the crowd. He is the good shepherd who loves his sheep. We are precious, known to him. He says the whole of heaven rejoices when when one lost sheep is found. Silver coin is just one out of ten. Owned by this woman. One day the coin just must have slipped out of her fingers. And if it's ever happened to you, it's it's just hit the floor and it's rolled somewhere and you don't know where it is. Sometimes you can get lost just in a moment. Something happens in your life just in a moment and suddenly 
you're lost. Your world falls in. And Jesus is saying, what God would do is he looks for you. And he redeems that moment. He can make something good come even out of the most difficult times that we go through in our lives. Like the woman who looked for her lost coin. She found it. What did she do? She had a party. She rejoiced with her friends. That coin would have bared the image of the king. We all bear the image of God. He seeks after us. The final story in the trilogy of the lost things is the lost son. It's the longest and best known, perhaps, of Jesus' parables. Sometimes it's called the story of the prodigal son. Have you ever heard that? The prodigal. Not a word we use very much. Uh, I looked it up in the dictionary. It means recklessly wasteful. But here in this story, there are two lost sons. You notice that the first son, the youngest son, actually turns his back on the father. Not only does he turn his back on the father, it's almost like he wishes the father dead. Because he wants his inheritance now. An outrageous thing to do in the time of Jesus. He says, I want my inheritance now. And the father gives it. He divides his inheritance for the two sons, half each. And the youngest son, he goes off. And it just says he squandered his money in wild living. You can use your imagination. The older son knows a little bit of what's going on. And finally, when the money runs out and he's got no friends, it says he comes to his senses. Comes to his senses. And he realizes that actually the servants back at home that the father has, eat better than him. And, and he starts rehearsing a speech that he's going to say to his dad when he, when he gets home again. He's rehearsing this speech. I've sinned. I've, I've blown it. I, you know, please welcome me home or whatever he's saying. But before he gets home, before he gets anywhere near home, the father sees him from a distance. Why does he see him? He's been there every day looking for his son. Longing for that lost son to come home. He is there looking and when he sees him, he does the most undignified thing you could do as a father in those days. He's hitching up his robes and he runs to his son and he embraces his son, and his son has got this speech rehearsed and he's planning to say it. He can't get the words out because the father says, call the servants, we're having a party. Because this son who was lost is now found. In many ways, you should call this parable the prodigal father. This is an extravagant love and mercy of God. It's grace to all who turn their back on God. For whatever reason. And we're all being searched for on that horizon by God the Father who longs for us to come home. But there is another son in the story. The older brother. And it's just scandalous. It's too much for him. What's happened? Do you notice when this story started, why Jesus told it? He was addressing the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who were criticizing Jesus for what? Spending time with tax collectors and sinners, the wrong sort of people. 
And this older brother is just scandalized, like the Pharisees, like the religious teachers. And you notice that he even disowns his brother. He doesn't say, my brother's come home and he's a, he's a wasteful what's it. He says, the son of yours, he's your son, he's nothing to do with me. He is your son. He's come home and you've thrown a party for him. And he is outraged. Okay, let's be honest. Don't, doesn't just part of you when you read that story have a little bit of sympathy for the older brother? I mean, come on, let's be honest. There's a little bit of it this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we realize who we are and we say, no, no. This undeserving, spectacular sinner is making us a laughing stock. He's wasted everything, yet he comes home and he gets a party. And the older brother refuses to come in. He refuses to join a party. He won't have any part of it. I've worked hard for you. I've done this. I've earned the right. Father says, everything I had was yours. It was always yours. You've had the share of the estate. No one earns the right, do they? And he's lost. This older brother is lost. He thinks he's better, he's more holy, he's more worthy, he's more deserving. And he stays out of the party. And the story ends and we wonder, what? Jesus, are you going to do a sequel? Are going to tell us what happened? And then we realize that he's told these stories for us. And he's holding a mirror up for us. Some of us got lost in the crowd. Some of us, something happened in our lives and, and we got lost. Some of us turned our backs on the Heavenly Father. But in each case, he comes looking. He wants you to know that you're loved. He will not give up on you. And he's going to throw this amazing party for everyone who wants to be with him. Three stories that tell us what God feels about us. The only one he can't save is the one who refuses to come. Because he's scandalized by God's goodness and grace. We meet as church today. This is God's lost and found department. We are God's lost and found department. We were once lost, but we've been gloriously found by Jesus. And there is more rejoicing in heaven over one of us who turns back. Many years ago, in my previous church that uh, we were part of, it was after an evening service. And I was standing outside the doors of the church as I did to say goodbye to the congregation. A man came up to me, never seen him before. And he said, um, will you do my baby? That's what he said to me. We chatted. And the story went like this. He and his girlfriend had had a baby. But during the pregnancy, they'd been told that the baby had died in the womb. They were devastated, couldn't find a heartbeat, but it was a mistake. The baby lived. 
baby was born. They needed, they wanted to say thank you to someone. Even God. So we talked about what might happen at a blessing and dedication service. A few older brothers in the church said, we shouldn't do that. They're not Christians. How can we have a blessing and dedication service for people who are not Christians? What are they going to promise? We did. And at that service, it happened to be a baptismal service. The girlfriend became a Christian. She's wonderful. And then they asked, can we get married? Would you marry us? And some older brothers in the church said, I'm not sure we should marry them because one's now a Christian and one's not a Christian. That's not good, is it? They're unequally yoked. We did marry them. And then the wife got baptized and the husband became a Christian at her baptism. And they became part of God's great lost and found department. All of us were lost. Some of us here today may still be lost. And God is saying, I want you back. I want you home. You've done everything that is necessary. Party's ready. Would you come? Why baptism? Baptism is a kind of public demonstration of what's happened on the inside. Darren's going to come and share his story in a moment, and he'll tell you his journey. But above all else, it's obedience to Jesus, because Jesus says, come be my disciple, come follow me, come do life with me. And to kick it off, get baptized. Make that declaration. It's a symbol of being forgiven and washed clean. Darren will go under the water. Someone's asked me not to hold him under too long. Who was that? Oh, mum, mum. We won't hold him under too long. Just enough. <laughs> Just enough. And it also symbolizes that dying to that old life and being raised to a new life in Jesus. How wonderful that God loves us so much, each and every one of us. We are God's lost and found department. Should we just pray together? Father God, we thank you for this day. And we thank you that it's a day that you have planned. And we just pray for Darren as he comes to be baptized today, as he comes to share his story with us. Lord, we pray that you'd fill him with your spirit and bless him and his family. In Jesus' name, amen.